Thanks for tuning in to When Two or More with the McCaws, the podcast where we explore what faith looks like in our everyday. Today I sat down with friend of mine and associate pastor George Cruz as we unpack the foundational points on what it is to be a Christian man. We hope you can take something out of the wisdom that George shares with us today. So let's make it happen. George, how you doing? Hey, pretty good. You? Good, very good, very good. What What did you think when I thought and I said to you today? You know, I'm looking for people that are talking about to talk about men and to grow in the Christian faith as a man. How do you feel about that? Well, honestly, pretty excited because you know the idea of being a man that I had, you know, not too long ago, a few years ago, you know. Mm. Uh, in the recent years, God has been working with me yeah. and, uh, you know, adjusting that idea to align more to his word in, instead of my past experiences. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm excited to, to awesome. be able to share a little bit of that with you guys. Awesome. Yeah. Well, looking forward to hearing it before we start all of this, let's find out a little bit who on who George Cruz is. Do you want to just tell us, start from the beginning, share your testimony with us, how you came into relationship with Jesus, and, and let's uh, go from there. Sure, sure. Um, well, right now I live in San Antonio, Texas. You know, I'm, I'm a husband. I'm a father of one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I actually was raised in Guatemala, mm-hmm. and I actually, you know, came to to know God in, in, in Casa de Dios, which is the same church that Nanny used to go. Mm. And Nanny actually was my leader for for some time, mm-hmm. and uh, and I, I mean, a short version of my testimony, you know, anger, you know, was big part of my life because my dad actually was not there in the mm. from from a very very early stage until until now, uh, but you know, the very few first years that he was in there, a lot of anger, uh, mm. a lot of. Uh, guess uh, I lost identity you know and then I meet God and he's you know he's helped me forgive and and transform all of that into a hunger to become what I am today you know a, a, a father to be present mm. uh, but yeah I mean God has taken me in a you know I mean a few wild rides so some people would say that uh, but but yeah, uh, I guess I'll, I'll be able to share a little more of that more of that in detail, you know, uh, as we as we talk about the topic. Um, mm. But yeah, right now, you know, I'm, I'm uh, I guess I'm an assistant pastor at a church here. Okay. Uh, soon to start a, a Spanish service here in San Antonio, Amazing. Texas. Amazing. So we're excited for that, and mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, I mean that that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah, not fantastic. What um, what foundations did Casa de Dios lay for you when when you were when you were there? You know the the the, the thing that comes to mind is faith. You know, mm-hmm. uh, just to learn to to trust in God, to mm-hmm. to, to it, it laid the foundation to start walking in a, a lifestyle that could just move based on what God said. And mm. not necessarily on 
what's going around, you know, on, 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 on what I have, on what I think my strengths are or my weaknesses are, mm -hmm. but to start focusing on what he says and, and just try to let that become my experiences instead of yeah. my experiences become my belief system, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's fantastic. And how did you find the move to the States culturally? Culturally, uh, it's it's different, mm. you know. Uh, uh, you know, as as Hispanics, and mm. and I've I've seen that in in Mexico too because my wife is from Mexico. Um, you know, as Hispanics, we we tend to be a little more friendly, I guess. Uh, mm. And I'm not saying that people in Texas are not friendly; uh, that they're very welcoming. But mm. we, as Hispanics, we tend to like build a little more closer relationships you know yeah. you know your neighbors you know your neighbors family uh mm. you know uh, a few years ago a couple years ago that i was in guatemala you know I, I you know i went to to my house and we went to some store at the very back of the neighborhood and the lady there was like hey i haven't seen you in a few years you know i remember you right you're you're george and you're such and such wow and i didn't even know that she knew me but wow. uh but, you know, but you're you're very used to to getting close to people. Yeah. And over here, it's it's a little different. You know, relationships. Uh, uh, it's like almost everybody's like in their own bubble. So I guess that mm -hmm. was the, the the biggest shocker that yeah. it's harder to get to know people. Yeah, yeah. And do you find when when you when people uh, when you get into their bubble? when you become part of their lives, when you start to build relationships that people as are as uh, genuine, as, as real and open with you as you'd like, or is it still quite tough relationally? No, I mean, once, once they get to know you and once yeah. you're, once you're in, uh, yeah. they are, they are pretty honest, pretty, and they are, they're not ashamed to, to open up and, mm. and, and share what's going on in their life or what has happened or, or you know, they're, they're, way that we're thinking and, and all of that that's great yeah that i think that's the same here you know um i think we're we're probably naturally um i don't want to say colder because i might offend the uk listeners but but in a way we're a little bit more hands-off but once you're in again you're in you're part of the the group and we're, but we are more difficult than my experience of guatemalans like you know, yeah. in Latin America, generally, I found this when I was in Brazil as well, that it was, they would, they would welcome you in if you were walking by their house, you know, that would yeah. be as simple as that. But that would never happen here. That would never happen here. You know, to say hello to somebody in the street is, is a strange principle. But it's something that America do well, and then Guatemala and Latin America do even better. Yeah, you know, um, and I think that, uh, that, uh, I guess that friction in the introduction, mm. it depends also from from states from state to state in in the U.S. You know, because mm. you know in the U.S. you know the the South is um, known as the friendly side, as the welcoming side. Yeah. But if you go farther north, you know, I've been in been in Seattle, in Portland, in Michigan, mm. and you know, if for us, in as you say, as you said in in, in Guatemala, in, in as Hispanics is it's usual, it's normal to just mm. walk by and even if you don't know the person, just say, hey, how's it going? Oh, yeah, pretty good. Have a good one. And that's it. Mm. Um, but like, I remember 
especially in Seattle, I was like walking on the street and I would just say, hey, how's it going? People would just give me a look like, why are you even talking to me? Just, really? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, I guess it varies from, from, you know, depending on the area. But Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you're all settled in there. You have a, a beautiful daughter, Hannah, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, it's, yeah. It's amazing. Uh, I mean, it's been 11 years since I moved over here. Mm. I, at the beginning, I thought it was just going to be a couple a couple of years, but you know, God had different plans. You know, yeah. I, I met I met Karen, my wife, you know, mm. from Mexico, which uh, being in Guatemala, I would never think that I would get married to to a Mexican. Yeah. <laughs> and then I yeah. get here and, and, you know, you know, we, we, we just met and, and, you know, we are where we are. But uh, yeah, God's been good with us. We're settled. We're, you know, we're, we have a daughter, Anna, two years old. Mm. Uh, yeah. That's excellent. And, and before we get into this, I still, I still want to ask some questions from you. And the question is, one is, is your calling. How have you felt that your calling's been since you've, you've both as an individual and as family, like how has God really fed into your calling, George? My calling. Well, that's a mm. good one. Uh, well, you know, I, I do feel a strong calling into into the teaching mm -hmm. uh, side, mm -hmm. uh, into bringing light or clarity into, you know, ideas that a lot of us have or, uh, you know, how can I say this? Like a lot of us as Christians, we we know that there are things in the Bible that God is calling us to, but some, mm -hmm. sometimes we we don't see ourselves as capable of getting there. Okay. And, I, and I think part of my calling here, you know, in general and, 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 and for the family is to to be an example, you know, okay. mostly uh, more than spending time from up there, you know, trying to explain to you an hour a week or two hours a week. Mm -hmm. uh, it was mostly to to be the example of, of mm -hmm. you know of, of, of breaking the the uh, the normal, normal way of mm -hmm. doing things you know just following God's voice and and, uh, and 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 yeah that's something that God has allowed both Karen and I to do you know to you know our, our wedding our expenses you know different things that we went about. You know following god's voice and and family and friends you know got to the point of almost freaking out and mm -hmm. we would tell them you know this is this is the way god wants to do it and and once the promise you know was fulfilled then we would see the results and we would see the the you know god doing his you know we can see the family starting to 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 be more motivated into having that type of lifestyle where we're able to take risks just because we can trust in God, right? Because of the relationship that we have with him. Sure. And how did you get, how did you get into ministry? Uh, by the grace of God, I guess, uh, yeah. you know, well, you know, to, to get to where, where, to get where I'm at, you know, I, there were, there were some seasons where there was a lot of, um, uh, you know, we expected a lot of support from some of some people that we saw as leadership. Mm -hmm. but, you know, uh, it, it was actually the opposite. And I think uh, 
that led to us to like really, really depend on God. And then, uh, you know, like five years ago, God pretty much brought, we, we met, you know, we were, we were doing what we felt we, we needed to do, you know, in the streets. And it so happened that we met, you know, the lead pastor of our church now and, mm -hmm. and they welcome us with open arms and uh, we started getting involved and involved and little by little. And, and then before I knew it, you know, he started introducing me as assistant pastor and I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, it was, it was the grace of God, honestly. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's not like, you know, I plan to go to school to get a degree and all of that. It, it, it was basically just, just following my relationship with God. And then he brought the people and the people trusted me and, keeps trusting me mm. so that's how we're here okay great and then so you mentioned your dad not being around from a, a young age right yeah and so i talked to you about talking about this and does this stand out for you because of that does your role i guess as a male as a father as a husband do you take that role and, and grab that role because of what we're talking about today, because of past experiences or are, are they not linked or have you never thought them being linked like that? How's that work? No, for you? I mean, there's, there's definitely, definitely some connections, you know, uh, you know, my dad, you know, he, he left when I was, I don't know, around seven or eight. Hmm. And, uh, you know, it was, it was day and night for, for our lifestyle you know yeah. when, when he was around you know i could say that we were very spoiled you know we had everything we could ask you know it was you know mid 90s you know nice house expensive private school uh sports uh multiple sports at once uh, and then when when you know when that happened you know we we moved to a different house different neighborhood we had to change schools Mm. Uh, I had to start seeing my mom, you know, working two, three jobs to try to, you know, bring us up. Yeah. And uh, that's when that's when the anger started. Right. And mm. when I meet God, one of the first things that that he did when I had my encounter with him was be able to forgive my, my dad mm. and to start loving him and to actually feel affection and care for him, yeah. even though he's not around. Mm. But the other thing that God did was this deep desire to to just be, uh, you know, with my wife, to just be there for my, my children, yeah. you know, beyond anything else, right? Uh, of course, the desire to provide for them, to care for them, to protect them and all of that, but more than anything, just to be. And, uh, but at the same time, because my dad wasn't there, you know, mm. I started looking for role models, okay. you know, somewhere else, right? Because I didn't have one at home. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, mm. When we moved to the hat to when we when we moved houses, uh, you know, my my circle of friends weren't were not a bunch of eight year olds like me. It was another eight year old, my neighbor. And everybody else was like probably double or age, you know. Yeah. It was fifteen, sixteen year olds. Wow. So non Christians, you know. So mm -hmm. uh, also in a neighborhood where you know, gangs were starting to become popular and stuff like that. So, you know, the idea of manhood, uh, it was the complete opposite, you know, to to what God, you know, would put on your heart. Uh, yeah. So 
as I said, you know, as I started pursuing my relationship with God, little by little, he started chipping away all those things. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, most recent years, as we were, we became, we were getting closer to becoming a family and then, a, a, you know, parents and all of that. God's been working with me to, to change a lot of those ideas and, and to become a man according to, to his will and not, you know, to my past experiences. Brilliant. Brilliant. It's, it's interesting, the transition from past, but, uh, you know, to hear that, to hear that out, how, how things from the past really do, you know, we talked about, um, Tally and Nanny talked about this last week, actually just like forgiveness and things that we can hold on to from the future and uh, from the past and, and into our futures. And I think that's a, it's a big factor, but for me, it just, it, a lot of a lot of the time, we can use what's happened to us in the past to to, to kind of fling us forwards into God's purpose for our future, which I think is fantastic. Um, so today is the arising of the Christian man, and so you know we've both been on a process where it's like, okay, we've had one extreme, we've had another, and we're able to we now cling cling on to the other, the most recent, the the Christian man identity, and there's a target in which we go for. And what we're going to do is I'd like to just kind of talk about four points today in which like, they might be, they might, I might have missed something, to be honest, um, today. I might be missing something completely, but they're just four points that I thought would be really valuable to talk about and to hear your experiences on, your stories on, um, and just to hear your, your opinion on. But we have this kind of I know, know this is, I said earlier that this was a controversial topic, and I mean that because we live in a world more so now that tells us that there isn't really a standard for, like the term man up, you know, you know that phrase yourself, oh, you need to man up, claims that there's a standard that all men need to reach to. And what society is saying is no, 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 like men can be who they want to be and women can be who they want to be. Yeah. But the way, the way I feel is actually biblically, and again, I, I cling to this standard as a Christian, is that the Bible leads us to a standard of what a man should be like. I don't know how you feel about that. Would you agree? Would you disagree? Where are you at with that? No, I definitely agree. Yeah, okay. there, there is a standard. There is, a, there, is a, there is even a role model you know, mm. in the Bible. Um, so, so, yeah, I definitely agree. There, there is a standard that we should all aim for um, to to become you know who God created us to be definitely and but but I don't think it's it's I don't think it's um, I think it's worth engaging people that are Christian and non-Christian with these ideas anyway like where do we get where do you think we get this idea of what a man should be or, or shouldn't be where do you think that comes from in in today's society in the world we live in well, in today's society, I think, uh, you know, which is, I, I would say that it's not seeking for God's counsel in the decisions that, you know, are being made or, mm. or once, you know, want to be made. Um, you know, I think it's just, apart from God, you know, all we are is just falling nature, you know, sin, mm -hmm. selfishness, mm. and, uh, you know, and I think part of the 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 essence of, of, of being a man 
is that you don't live for yourself, right? You, you live mm-hmm. for others. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when, when you're away from that, from, from, from that biblical aspect, from, from that, from the design, from God's design to become a man or, or even, you know, to become a, a to be, to be a, a woman or a, or a man, you know, and, and you're still looking for your own, all you're, all you're start doing is creating arguments to take value away from what others think and just to try to convince them what that, what you think is the right way. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. I think when you take away God from, from, from a situation, you can't cling to a standard without bumping up against someone else's standard for sure. That that's the bottom line. Um, I think what's important is to realize that without God, people still get an idea of from a, like you think about people that haven't been brought up with church that don't have any expectations on anything. Um, will go along with things, but they do have, you know, we, we can picture to me, I, I feel like there's almost two extremes. One side of the extreme. So we say the left side, I like using my hands in these videos. Yeah. I've got, I mean, we just fit the graph. I keep moving out of it, but you've got a, the left side, which to you is the right, but there you go. We won't argue about that. Um, you've got more extreme characters. You've got like your traditionally, you've got your John Wayne, right? You've yeah. got, yeah. Or you've got like a Conor McGregor type figure. Are you familiar with with both Conor McGregor and John Wayne? Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're like they're like, or they come across as. I think that's the most important phrase here, is they come across as men's men, right? You go out, you do this, you drink, you you fight, you do all of this, you you know you you stick up for what's right. You know they come ac- across with that persona, and on the other extreme, you've maybe got like. Um, and I won't name people because it's probably, it's pro- I probably couldn't think of good examples um, solidly. But people that are more kind of fearful, more passive, more oh, we'll just let this, we'll let this kind of happen. And yeah. so, I think we get this idea of of males from things like films, um, TV programs we watch. We see the draw between the two extremes, um, and I think. It's important, like, like I think it's important to think about what where we want to go with that. And I think the reason we talk about the society we live in is we one we can it helps us focus on where we're at, but two they're the people we want to communicate our faith to, and I think that's really important. Um, the goal, I guess, and you, you smashed this on the head just now. The goal is that we should look like Jesus. Where do you think if I put that that kind of graph out where do you think nanny and i were were looking at the culture that jesus was brought up in last night where do you think jesus fits in on that scale of one's extreme very manly man got to go out and do and fight and do all of this to passive almost kind of fearful type character where do you think he sits well you know i mean if if you think about it i Mm. I would say he's he would be a good mixture of both, right? I mean, uh, of, of the first extreme that you mentioned, you know, he would be a uh, more than physical. He would, you know, he would be the strong-minded, mm-hmm. not shy, mm-hmm. outspoken. Yeah, you know, defend what is right. You know, more than more than the you know the physical guy that oh, if you don't agree with me, I'll just knock you down. Yeah. Uh, 
And, you know, on the on the other side, you know, he's the passive guy, the, you know, the guy that doesn't need to raise his voice to mm. to 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 bring to prove his authority or to to prove that he's you know that he needs to be listened uh mm. you know the, the bible describes him you know as love as gentleness you know that is his mm. gentleness what brings us to a change of mind so you know uh, i think he he would have a little bit of both uh, without the physical aspects you know because we we tend to associate also a physical aspect to to both to both both extremes right if mm -hmm. we think of you know the the mma guys you know the manly man you know mm -hmm. we we think of big guys most you know you know buff and everything and mm -hmm. we think if we think of the shy guys you know we think real skinny you know uh, you know i don't want to describe anything but uh we also picture a, a certain type of person you know but but i think uh Jesus will have the character of, 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 of both combined, uh, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And that's exactly where I would stand on the whole thing as well. I think Jesus, in a beautiful way, manages to pick up both those characteristics, but at the right time, in a way that he's protecting. Whereas, you know, you've got your, your, your kind of um, the strong character would be, you know, that strong fighter, the, the film hero would be yeah. protecting of the people he's he's responsible for. But you've also got in a beautiful nature acts of service where he gives up, where you wouldn't see these strong people doing because that would be considered as weakness. And that, to me, encapsulates really who Jesus is in his character and really um, fills me with, with hope and, and allows Jesus, in comparison to other religions, stand out. Um, because he uh, knows when to, he leads by example. He leads yeah. the, the right way, but also isn't afraid to put his foot down when he needs to. Um, and as I said, the reason all of this is important is I, be, I believe that it, it helps us act and communicate to the people around us. The goal, in, in my opinion, is that we should be like Jesus. Um, yeah. You know, knowing when's right to do those things as men and when's, the right way to, to sit back and love and love people. Um, we, you know, to me, it's kind of the truth or love scale that I've talked about before. It's kind of, yeah, you can battle things for truth and I need to fight this whole thing, but actually when's right to be, to show a certain amount of meekness that, that Jesus is described as. So obviously I also want to take this opportunity to make sure that people know that the things we're talking about are goals that we aim to be at. We won't always get them right. We don't always. I think it's easy for Christians to act to, to, to act wrong, to do something wrong, and people to pull them up and say, you're the Christian. But I think it's great that we just emphasize right now that that is the goal. Would you agree with that? Would you agree that that's the goal to be had? We don't always get it right. How do you stand with that? Oh, no. Is he gone? Oh, he's frozen on me. I thought he just, I thought at first, to be honest, he just didn't appreciate what, that he was just like, no, I just don't agree with that. But he, but he might have done. So we'll get him back. We'll hold him on. So, so effectively what I'm trying to say is that people, it's easy to point the finger and say, well, this is what you're at. This is who, who your, your religion says that you should be. And, 
I think it's difficult. I think it's completely difficult, you know, that actually that the life that Jesus led is a got it's a it's an aim for us and we're constantly striving for that aim. Would you say that you would agree with that, George? Hey, sorry. <laughs> it's all right. You okay? You in? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So so yeah, go on. Yeah. Um so I'll just say, would you would you agree with where I was at with with that but it's a goal of ours that we don't always get right or would you say that we're christians we've got to get it right all the time could you say that one more time sure yeah would you say that um that we're christians and we've got to get it right all the time or would you say that what we're going to talk about we have to get it right all the time (laughs) yeah um no i would i would say no um you know we we sometimes you know grow up well again if we take god out of the equation right this the 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 way the system works right Mm -hmm. is that you're accepted based on your performance and when we come Mm -hmm. and and know god and we come in a relationship with god you know our experience has been Oh, I gotta perform to be accepted. I gotta perform mm. to to keep to be promoted. Yeah. Uh, but one of the the most, I think, most shocking things that, you know, the uh, the gospel shows is when Jesus is being baptized and he's brought up. You know, we know the story, right? The, the heavens open, the dove comes down and lays on mm. Jesus, and and then God speaks. This is my son, in whom I'm pleased, and my by my mm. beloved son son in whom i please mm-hmm. and you know god is saying i love this guy before he did anything mm-hmm. before he did anything and i was i was able to experience that and it, it was a it, it took a, a a bigger sense in my life when when my daughter was born mm-hmm. you know she was born she was brought up to you know to to the little room and when I was able to be on my own with her, you know, to have a little bit of alone time with her, the first thing came, that just came out of my mouth was, man, how how much do I, I love you? I mean, I, I love you so much. And it shocked me that, you know, she hadn't done anything yet to deserve yeah. my love where she hasn't, you know, she's just there. Yeah. And I'm so in love with her, right, just because of who she is. Mm. And and I think the first thing that that we need to uh, to to understand as men as Christians in general is that you know God's love for us is unconditional mm. because of who we are for Him, not because of not because we have you know a week, a month, a year without making a mistake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Really good point. I think that's something that people carry with them. I think when you said earlier about making clear the things that we've got in the back of our minds, I think that's a big one for, for, for people, for Christians even. You know, they're they're holding on to a lot of things that, that have been before and, and we want to allow and encourage them that, that actually, you know, you're never too far gone, that God never lets go of you because of anything you've done. I think that's valuable. <clears throat> so the first one. I've got the goals of a Christian man we're going to talk about is the Christian man commits to spiritual discipline, knowing 
what this looks like through Jesus. So, George, what does spiritual discipline mean to you? What does that, when I throw that term at you, what does it mean? Discipline is just put your relationship with God first above anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I guess emphasis on the word relationship, right? Um, okay. You know, there, there was a time where I guess I would be a frustrated Christian. You know, um, I would I would look at my my perspective about reading the Bible or praying was more like a like a task that I needed to do yeah. every day so that I could yeah. be a good Christian. Yeah. You know, yeah. but uh, you know, once I came to the understanding that you know the Bible is not just a book from your study. Like if I'm studying math or you know history. But it's, you know, mm. it's him, it's his word, it's him opening his heart to me. It's him yeah. speaking to me, right? Mm. And that prayer, you know, it's not just filling it filling in, you know, the time that I that I came and saw the counselor for, for the day or the week or mm. uh, but that I'm but that I can speak to him and that he's also speaking to me. That there is a yeah. relationship, there is an exchange. Mm. You know, I could see my my, my life becoming you know more like him becoming more yeah. fruitful uh, and 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 that stress that i had as a christian you know it started fading away because i started finding you know that relationship that identity through that mm. relationship yeah yeah no that's that's good and what does it mean for us do you think practically so like when i think about discipline I instantly, and I use this analogy all the time, I think about what does it mean to be disciplined in running, right? I run a lot, right? And I know that, and I use it because I've also been relatively successful with running in the past, as in I used to run for a club and I I won events and that was something I used to be very good at. But I also know and learned what what I needed to do in order to be good at that. And I think in the same way, when it comes to spiritual discipline, we need to offer or no, we need to offer the same of ourselves. What do you think, what what practically, so for example, if I use the example of practically in order to be the best runner, I need to be regularly running. What practically do you think we need to do in order to look after ourselves spiritually? You know, the, the word that comes to mind is intimacy mm-hmm. and uh, and I'm gonna try to break it down because you know in relationships right in marriage mm-hmm. you know when we think of int- well when most people think of intimacy sometimes we just think about sex but that's mm-hmm. not it sex is not intimacy uh, mm-hmm. it's part of it but it's not all mm-hmm. of it right yeah yeah there are in a relationship there is a there, there are all these little moments, right? That mm. you could be in a public place and maybe you, you just look at each other and you just smile, right? That to mm. me, that's intimacy. Yeah. Uh, you know, to have a quick conversation, you know, a, a quick kiss in the forehead before you get off bed. All those little things, are, are all those little bits, you know, get you closer together, yeah. uh, unite you, right? Become, you mm-hmm. help you become one. Mm. So, um, to me, the key has been to be able to 
get out of that box that the only the only way that I can get closer is you know if I close the door shut the lights and put music and pray for two hours okay you know but to me it has been about seeking those little moments of intimacy you know if I'm driving mm. in the car just say hey God you know I love you and thank you for loving mm. me and just mm. having those little moments of accepting his truth right if he says I love you just say thank you start by saying hey thank you for loving me thank you for mm. loving me so much if he says I want to take care of you hey God, thank you because you take care of me and just start accepting what he says about you and start getting close to him yeah little bits of, during the day that that starts getting you closer and that to me that's that's my mo my my principle of discipline because i find myself that the more i enjoy those moments the more i seek those moments you know? okay. and and, okay. and i enjoy my praying time Mm. more you know i get closer to him in my prayer time i get mm. i i get more from my reading time and all of that if that you know i don't know if i'm thinking myself if, if that makes yeah. sense yeah definitely i mean the first thing you're saying to me is that actually we need to take the time to to get into the word you know as a practical as a practical get into the word is is undeniably for me the best way in, in order to understand what God is leading us to do, we need to understand his His word to us. You know, he has directly given this to us. And so as a as a way of, you know, the best, you know, we've both, we're both married. And I think the best way in, us to, in order for us to understand our wives better is listen to them. And it's, you know, if they write a, write a, a paper and they go, right, give it to us, I'm not really loving that person or showing that person love if i'm not reading what they're what they've left for me you know i'm not going to understand them any better and so that's that's great and then through through discipline you mentioned as well uh, putting in mute listening to music things like that making um you know how can we are uh, written down here how can we follow a jesus we aren't active in learning about um which i think is is exactly what you're saying it's about making the small the small time the small time in the day in order to put god at the god at the center which is fantastic and and what we watch listen to has root in our lives doesn't it you know and and that can be oh, yeah. negative negative and positive Definitely. um yeah so the second the second one is the christian man lives in selfless service what is selfless service to you george You know, basically learn to give without expecting anything back. Okay. Uh, you know, again, the, the, the way the world, the system, you know, works mm. without God is, uh, you know, I do this for you. You know, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. You know, uh, you yeah, got my back, I'll, I'll, mm. I'll get yours. Yeah. And, and you know, we see marriages being built mm. on convenience you know uh, yeah. on you know we we mix the idea of love with need right because we say oh i love this person because gives me makes me feel yeah provide, it's a selfish you know it's a selfish love isn't me. it yeah mm. Mm. and and you know when one of my favorite verses is you know philippians 2 
where it says, you know, just just make my joy complete and and don't stick for your own first. You know, put others yeah. first, put their interest first, mm-hmm. and have the same attitude or the same uh, mind as Christ. Right? That mm-hmm. being God, He emptied Himself from that and came to serve. He came to to provide for us. So, so as men. You know, in general, I think uh, we need to learn to 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 be selfless. To mm-hmm. to you know, once we go through point one, right, where we start devoting ourselves ourselves into His Word and what He says about us, and and we start receiving all these good promises, right, that mm-hmm. uh, that He'll provide, that He'll take care of us, that that to seek His will, right, and His will is to serve. Uh, if we allow ourselves to go into that, into put the interests of others first, that at the same time we're allowing us ourselves to experience, you know, the provision, yeah. the care that mm-hmm. God can, you know, gives to us. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, we look obviously through through Jesus, the living example that that God gave us in His. In his son is the the fact that he constantly gave himself for for other people. Even you know, washing disciples his disciples' feet at one stage, like which, if if you look at it non culturally, it doesn't sound anything. But but obviously in the culture it was in, it was done by the bottom of the bottom, you know. And he put him, he took himself there, you know, in order to serve the people around him. Um, and so. I think it's just you are right like we can be so self-centered that even when we do things we do them because it's about return um it's about what we get and and really what the bible's leading us to and what we see through jesus is his attitude of we give we give because actually he once gave for us you know like we're given to already and actually we have an opportunity to show our faith through a situation and to share god's love by going yeah we just want to be able to serve you and and be an example of God's love through that, which is absolutely fantastic. Learning, though, practically learning that it's not about me. It doesn't matter about how our needs are being met. It doesn't matter about where I get hurt in, in certain areas. The focus isn't me. Is is difficult. It's really difficult in practical terms, isn't it? Um, oh, yeah. But that's the goal, isn't it? Like it's about me dying and and serving and giving to those around us, isn't it? Yeah, it's definitely difficult um, mm. because you know you're you're going against everything that your human nature is telling you, right? I mean, even Oops. even your human body wants to has this instinct of self preservation. Mm. Yeah. So. Uh, to to go with the idea that I died that it's not me but it's it's Christ who lives in me. Yeah. So I don't live for my own, but now I live for his will and to bless others and to give to mm. others. And mm. yeah, you know, your your brain, you know, and, and and that's the thing, right? That one of the one of the truths that 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 helped me throughout the whole thing is that you know, your brain 99% of the time will not comprehend, you know, God's way. 
you know mm. your brain will want to go against it um you just gotta you just gotta know that your brain just won't understand so part of it is just give up control give up you know all of all of those things but yeah at the beginning is hard but i mm-hmm. guess you gotta you, you gotta like a little bit of risk to put yourself out there and yeah. and, and as i said once you start stepping into it and once you start putting yourself out there you you allow yourself to experience you know the, the promises mm-hmm. of god yeah how yeah. when he said don't worry about those things my will first my kingdom first and all the all the other things i'll provide will be added mm-hmm. to you mm-hmm. uh, again once you once you take the first step and and you start experiencing that addition from god that boosts your faith and and your and encourages you to to continue doing it but all mm-hmm. it takes is just to you know to to wake up one day and and say you know what today i i, I don't want to live for myself I, i'll try to bless others before i bless myself yeah that's good that's good oh no that's that's fantastic in in mark ten forty five, it says for even the son of man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many um let's look let's look practically george you're a husband you're a father what does it what does giving up um selflessly look like for you on a on a on a day-to-day basis in practical terms day-to-day mm. uh, you know helping out even when you don't feel like it right um mm. uh, you know when my when my when my daughter you know was born you know you know as you know babies wake up every two three hours because they want they're hungry right so practical in a practical way the way that i was able to give to my wife was hey don't worry during the night i would set my own alarms i'd wake up 10 10 minutes before the baby would wake up she wouldn't even feel that the baby woke up you know i would i would get up go warm the milk Mm -hmm. pick up the baby go to the living room you know, mm. have feeding time, put it back, you know, change diapers and everything, put it back to sleep and go back to, mm. to bed for, for two hours before doing it again. Right. Cool. So, mm. so that's selfless giving, right? Uh, uh, you're not doing it because, uh, you know, you're just doing it because you love them. You know, you're just mm. doing it because you're considering them more important than you. You know, mm. I, I'll, mm. I consider the baby more important than my sleep right so mm-hmm. even to even up to now when the baby could sleep throughout the whole night no issues if the baby wakes up overnight you know i'm not gonna just be like oh you can sleep the whole night you should go just go back to bed right now i'll, I'll wake up and see what's going on see what she needs and everything so day to day is you know cleaning up after myself or if I see that my wife is, you know, looks tired, you know, I'll get the, the laundry basket and I'll, I'll start the laundry for her. I'll, you know, I'll dry it. I'll, I'll, I'll hang it for her, you know, put it away for her. Uh, that's a practical way to, to do things selflessly. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Because that's a good example as well. In, in, in England, 
um, or at least our culture would uh, potentially hear that and and sound it sounds as if you're you're trying to talk about the good things you do. One, I've asked him to tell me these things, right? So he's not just bragging about <laughs> these things. But two, these are great examples of the things we can do in order to serve the people around us. And they are really good examples of you saying, actually, this is an area in which I can serve my family. Do you have to do now we might differ on this, but like, do you have to remind yourself of your why before doing it? Or has that become second nature for you? Yeah, I mean, if I'm completely honest, every mm. once in a while, you know, I'll, I'll remind myself, hey, you're doing it, you have to love them, right? I mean, yeah. you know, between husband and wife, there's always disagreements. Yeah. And, uh, and there is always that, uh, that fight between your, your, your natural thinking and your yes. spiritual knowledge right yeah, yeah and you know when when you guys are i guess i'll say not happy right i'm not gonna say you know we're hating each other but when 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 things are a little rough you yeah, know your yeah. brain will would tell you and eh, no, she could because your yes. brain thinks oh yes. i'm not happy yeah. with her so she doesn't deserve that i help yeah. her right i'm not happy with yeah. her though so yeah I do this but and in those moments where you have to pull yourself back together and 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 recognize and and, and yeah, often remind yourself, I'm not living. I don't want to do things because she deserves it or because the natural way. I want to do it the godly way, right? And yeah. and as a husband, God is just calling me to to love her, to serve her, mm -hmm. just the same way that Jesus loved us, the church, right, and served mm -hmm. us, the church. So I'll, you know, I'll put my pride away. I'll put my anger or whatever away, and I'll and I'll do it right. And mm. uh, yeah, I mean, and, and and I think you know I would definitely be lying if I told you. And no, I'll just do it. It just it just burst out of me all the time. No, I mean there are times yeah. I have to. Remember. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm glad. I'm glad you agree because sometimes I can be I can be doing the washing up and I think oh, I don't need to do this. But I, I do it, and what drives me to do it is to know that actually, as a male, it's my responsibility. I need to get up and do this. Like Nanny has her own responsibilities, and 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 she does those, and you know she gets on with those, and it's great. Um, but her responsibility to that is not my job to go. You need to do this, or you need to do that. It's it's that actually she understands from her perspective that that's her role because that's what we've decided it's not an oppression thing it's just actually yeah. that's something she does and, and that's great but but also the goal should be that we give up on behalf of each other but i definitely think as a man i have a, a role and responsibility to give up on behalf of my wife and and that's that's really really important um and bring my wife closer to to god you know and that's and and that's you know my role as a, a leader in the house um, you read earlier Philippians 2, 3, like do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceits, rather in humility value others above yourselves, not looking at your to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others in your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. So if we want to, know, first of all, I mean, I'm going to start with the end there. First of all, if we need guidance on how to act, we, we look to Jesus. 
but this is a direct instruction to the to figure out our why isn't it we need to know that we're not just doing this actually that's the difference between doing things in in god's strength and doing things in our own isn't it it's figuring out your why you're not doing things for your own your own sake otherwise you'd get sick of it but you're doing things because actually god strengthens and renews us to do things in his in his strength we just lost george again which is absolutely fine um i will keep keep us running i guess for anyone that's listening i want to ask like are, are these the people are these the men that we hear about in the news today if you're in america it's cbn if you're in in the uk it's bbc but do we hear about these examples of men in our news today these are these are examples of leaders i think for me that's one thing that really encourages me about christ is actually that he didn't come to just be this mega mega hero for us all in the in regards of do what men do and and be be strong and do all these things he weeps he goes to the needy he leads by sacrificing himself which is a really really beautiful thing and it's a really fantastic beautiful story the the, the gospels in themselves is you know the way that the way that jesus sacrifices on behalf of other people um i was going to talk also about um what george what george thought and he's just back here he is here he is back in the room now can you hear me all right <laughs> yeah i'm not sure what's going on with my internet yeah no problem can you hear me okay now yes i can i can nice i want to ask one more thing just about point uh we've got two more points left but one more thing i read a i read a sentence earlier that that challenged me and i think is a good aspect of what we're talking about right now it says who willingly serves his god in giving freely of all his resources yet gladly suffers as a quant consequence of his faith so and the bit i want to kind of focus on is yet gladly suffers what's your view on gladly suffering on behalf of serving for others on behalf of your faith where do you think gladly so like what does gladly suffering look like and where should we be at with gladly suffering you know it, it makes me think a little bit of uh the the two or three verses before you know you know it makes me think about philippians mm -hmm. one, uh, two one mm -hmm. you know paul is uh, asking two three or four questions that i think a little bit sarcastic you know, mm. because he's asking you know is, is there is there any consolation in christ you know is, mm. is there any joy in him mm. and and i think they are sarcastic because you know when you have this encounter with god when you know anyone who has had an experience with the presence of god you know mm. knows that even if it was 30 seconds two minutes an hour mm. you you could say that that is you know the best feeling ever right it, you know yeah. with uh, when regardless of what's going on around you uh, in the presence of god you know all the worries go away all mm. the fears go away mm. and uh, anxiety doubts all of that goes away yeah. so when I think about gladly suffering, 
you know, you know, I just see it as, you know, there, there has been times where, you know, my wife and I have been saving money for X or Y reason. And uh, we'll hear or we'll come to know about someone's necessity, right? So, mm. so from God, hey, you know, whatever you have, just give it to that person or for that cause. Mm. So we'll do it. But we will do it knowing that we're sacrificing, you know, the the idea, right? Or, or you know, the the purpose of why we're saving that money. Yeah. And uh, because you know we try to prioritize God's presence in our life, you know, and we do it from from there. Uh, I would say we gladly suffer that loss mm -hmm. you know we we because as paul says you know we know that in, in this connection that we have in this relationship we have everything we need yeah you yeah. know uh, and, and and you know speaking of the financial aspect you know why is it that we'll gladly you know give away money to somebody who we we barely know you know yeah um, it's because you know right before we got married God put us in a season where he challenged me and he challenged her. You know, we were still, we, we weren't married yet. But it, there was a season where, it, this was 2015, you know, for the first, I guess, six months of the year, mm -hmm. God started like really ministering to me. Seek my kingdom first. Seek my will. Everything else will be added. I am your mm -hmm. shepherd. You shall not want. You should not lack. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he had just got me promoted at work and when i was making you know decent money so at the beginning it was easy to say oh yeah thank you jesus amen it was easy to say to trust yeah. and believe that because you know yeah. you had your paycheck every two weeks yeah but at the end of the six months he says so do you trust me in this and you know we i said yes so he said well you know quit your job and that was the season when i was starting to think about proposing And, you know, as I mentioned, you know, after I forgave my dad, you know, I had these desires to to become a family, you know, a family man to provide for them. So my questions were, well, God, you know, you know, I want to propose, you know, if we get married, where are we going to live? How are we going to eat? You know, my children, all of this. Right. And all he said was, I got it. I just felt him say, say it that way. I got it. Uh, so, you know, I spoke with Karen. You know, because, you know, we knew that we wanted to be together. You know. She said, well, let's do it. So, and what mm -hmm. I thought it was going to be a season of two weeks, a month, you know, it turned out to be a year and a half. Yeah. Uh, a year and a half in, you know, in which it was mental, mentally painful at the beginning because, again, you know, I grew up seeing my mom working two, three jobs to, to barely mm. make it right for the family. Mm. Mm. So I started working when I was 11 to try to help out in the house, to try to get my own things and all of that. Okay. So my mentality was you got to work, 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 work so that you can achieve things so that you can get things. And now it was here, you know, just sitting in my room, just seeing finances come in mm. out mm. of expected, out of unexpected places. 
and me not working. So it was actually mentally painful, right? Mm -hmm. It was going against everything that my brain knew. Yeah. Um, but throughout the whole year, I wasn't working. Karen wasn't working. So money was just coming in. Mm -hmm. Fast forward a year and a half, God provided a, a job that in paper I wasn't qualified for. I didn't have the experience for. He was paying a lot more than what my last job was paying. Uh, our wedding was paid for. Uh, so we were able to experience, you know, God's provision. Mm -hmm. So, you know, going back to the sarcastic questions, right? You mm -hmm. know, if, if I was to ask you, you know, is there provision in God? That would be a sarcastic question for me because I've, you know, I was, I've been able to experience his you know what that is. So yeah. mm. now when he challenges me to, hey, give money to this person or, or to give you that to, you know, give or give or give, we gladly suffer that loss. Yeah. Because we know that in him, we have everything that we need. So, mm. uh, so that's that's what comes to mind with you know with the quote that you read that that we gladly suffer because of our faith mm. because of our faith you know again going through the points right if we start prioritizing if we start to practically seeking that relationship and if yeah. we start to practically uh, you know seeing his promises for us and allowing him to do that and start serving others we'll start experiencing that he's faithful to his promise and we'll start experiencing his nature right that he's a good father mm. and and once you start knowing the person you know you know who is with you what he's able to do for you what he's willing to do for you then you'll gladly so gladly suffer you'll, you'll gladly give away because you know where you are and who's with you yeah yeah no that that's that's really good i think suffering is the big question when it comes to you know to atheists or, or non-believers or even christians you know difficult times come and i think we need to be firmly rooted in this idea that actually becoming a, a christian or being a christian isn't without suffering but what it does give us is a rock to hold on to during the storms um and and that's you know the clear clear kind of uh, definition of the the, st the story about where to put our where to build our houses on on rock or on sand and it's such a simple story but it's so effective that actually you know yes. what you're talking about is experience in which sufferings come your way and actually where you as a family you Karen and you know and now and now Hannah gets to learn that through you guys but but you get to see actually I know I know how this storm turns out. You know, we can't stop the storm. The storm's coming, but we can hold hold on to the things that we believe in and, and the things that the Bible tells us about what happens after the storm and where we should put this foundation here. Yes, definitely. Which is, which is incredible. Uh, number three, the Christian man is a provider and a protector. So I'm going to start with a verse for this one. We must, uh, he must manage his own household well with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? It's 1 Timothy 3, 4 to 5. What does that bring to mind, George? So, um, you know, it, it, it reminds me mm. you know, of, uh, 
I guess, loads that I would put on myself, you know, trying to figure out this husband and, and that thing, you know, yeah. where you definitely have the responsibility, right? But um, yeah. um, again, speaking of, you know, storms and all of that, for, for mm -hmm. everything, there is a, you need a you need a, a a surface you need a you need a, a foundation yeah right you need a rock yeah. to build on yeah um you need a starting point and you know when before i got married you know again since i forgave my dad i wanted to be mm -hmm. a husband i wanted to be a dad i wanted to be a family man mm -hmm. um but as i started getting closer and closer right i mean you start thinking and how am I going to do that? And how am I going to do this? And, and and how am I going to? And 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 you start trying to figure it out. And and uh, it it can become heavy mm -hmm. on you. But you know, but but building up on the idea of the foundation, yeah. you know, I think the the foundation always has to be, you know, Jesus. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, when we see you know the the creation the relationship that we had that you know the the, the original design right mm -hmm. uh, it was it was always yes there was a man there was a there was a woman but they were both depending on god you know mm -hmm. if, if, if the design you know god's design for for us was to to depend on him and mm -hmm. and, and i guess yes there is a uh, what is it like an umbrella right that there is god mm -hmm. there is the man there is mom the kids and, and all yeah. of that yeah uh, but what what gave me the rest and i would say is giving me the ability to to be you know mm -hmm. a dad a husband is that before is, is to understand that before I am a father, before I am a, a husband, I am a son mm. of God, right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so as he fathers me, I learn to father my daughter. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and, and as I follow Jesus, mm. I learn to love my wife, just like yeah. he loved the church. Yeah, nice. Uh, so, um, again, based on the examples that we have around us, we may have these ideas, right? Based on what we see on TV, based on what we mm. see on the movies, mm. the typical man, right? The typical strong guy that, mm. you know, but when, when, when you, when you, when you put yourself in, in a position of, uh, letting yourself be coached by him, you know, mm -hmm. Let him father you. Let him mm. guide you, or, or follow him. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it makes it a, a lot easier. You know, it's a mm. big responsibility. Yeah, but, sure. but Jesus, you know, when when Jesus speaks about weights and loads, he didn't. Yeah. He says, "Hey, your weight is heavy. Just give it to me. Take mine." Right. Mm. So, so basically, look at my life, and I'll show you. Right, and I'll show yeah. you how to do it. Take my yoke. Yeah. Let me guide you through it. It's is is not on your own to figure it out. So um, yeah, good. And part of part of my devotion with God is uh, you know, it's yeah, part of what he's been teaching me is just to to let him 
fathered me. And it's, you know, just as he's treating me as a son, I mm. learn, you know, how a father is supposed to treat his children. Yeah, so yeah. To apply that to my yeah. fatherhood. That yeah. sense. No, that absolutely makes sense. That's great. Great. I um, The bit <clears throat> that this reminds me of is, is actually is kind of this idea that if we're not, we're not good with the small, why would why would we be good with the? There's no point in us having anything larger than the small because we we couldn't look after the the seed, whatever that was. It reminds me of a story actually, of um, there was a, a conference and there was a guy speaking. He was a famous evangelist. It was a speaking at this church, and someone in the the guy took questions and someone in the crowd puts his hand up and he says like, how do we reach? the the most people when we tell people about jesus how do we reach the most people and the evangelist looks down at him and he says tidy your room clean your room at home and what he's basically saying is you won't reach anybody if you're not faithful with the small mm-hmm. and i thought that was really impactful i heard that story years ago and it's really impactful it makes me think about when i think about And I think this is why books like James are so serious when they talk about teaching and preaching to other people, because there's such an important role and understanding that we must have that actually we're held accountable to higher account, probably by teaching, um, teaching the word, um, you know, for for people's salvation. I think actually we need to know where we're at before we take on that responsibility and make sure that we're good with the small and God will bless us with more more than that so and that's that's fantastic in your stories that you've you've seen that through opportunities that as you say you're not not quite you know paper qualified to go and do but actually you know there's a purpose in where you're at which is fantastic yeah yeah um yeah Mm. i i totally agree um you know one of the attributes that you mentioned of jesus is that he leads by example right so yeah yeah um, um the Bible says that if we say we claim to believe in him, we need to live like he did, to walk like mm-hmm. he did. So, um, so yeah, if you if you want to, you know, go out there and and do all of that, and you know what make what makes think about the story that you mentioned is, you know, make sure that your life you're you're living what you're speaking, right? Because, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know nothing stays hidden forever yeah so it's easy it's you know it's easy to you know to act a certain way to 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 think that you that you to 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 try to show that you have it but if yeah. if your room is not if, if your room is not clean mm. you know eventually it would show um mm-hmm. and and at the end what's you know jesus said what's what's the purpose of gaining the world and losing your, your own life. Right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah you can, you can preach, you can speak wonders, but yeah, uh, but I think in, and I, and I think it, it, it all boils down to, to point number one, right. Our devotion. Mm. I think the, the more we start uh, seeking that time with him, that communication, that relationship with him, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. more our clue, our room is cleansed. You know, yeah. our, our life start, you know, yeah, that's good. Going more and more of that's who good. he is, and yeah, our, our spiritual bedroom, yeah, yeah, awesome, definitely. Mm. That's good. 
And so that one, that point three is the Christian man is a provider and a protector. I think that's that's it. It's, it's about being good with the small in the provision. Um, and and we talked earlier when we talked about when we talked earlier when we talked about um, Jesus and and being the man and being a um, getting that fine balance between defending what it is that's right to defend and loving when it's when it's uh, right to love wholly. And the fourth point we've got is uh, the fourth and final point, and we'll wrap this up in a moment. Um, is the Christian man changes the focus of his efforts and priorities off of what the world values and back to what God calls us to. That was a long one. The Christian man changes his focus of his efforts and prioritizes off of what the world values, so moves away what the world values and back onto what God calls us to. So the the world the, the the Christian man doesn't get too focused on the ways of the world, but continues to be focused on God's plan for his prison life how do you see that's played out in your life george i guess that that would be probably the area where you know you know where god has worked the most in my yeah. life you know mm. as, as i mentioned you know starting with you know you know going again with the story about you know quitting my job and everything for for a year and a half right um, yeah you know the, the world, the the system, you know, my experiences had given me this identity, this idea of how things need to be, or or, or you know, or, or how I need to, to do to achieve yeah. something, right? Yeah. And and God started saying, hey, no, 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 it's not that way, right? Yeah. Quit quit doing so much overtime, or quit yeah. doing overtime. Uh, start being more generous. Uh, eventually, quit your job. And um, the the verse that comes to mind every time that that we that I speak with anybody about our focus is Colossians one, Colossians three one. Mm-hmm. And and I like it because you know paraphrasing it says you know now that we have now that we have been raised to a new life with Christ you know mm-hmm. basically saying now that we're Christians right. Mm-hmm. I like it yeah. because that little phrase there puts us all in the same boat. Yeah. We are Christians. Good. Good stuff. And, and, and then it flips it into, even though we're in the same boat, mm-hmm. every single one of us needs to put their focus in the realities of heaven and not in the things of our, on earth. Okay. Because your life is hidden in Christ, right? Um so so what is it saying you know basically what your statement says not to focus on how on what the world or the system our experiences teaches but to start shifting our vision to what he says to what he's teaching mm-hmm. and uh you know i think it's uh it's the first corinthians i think i was I was reading it not too long ago. First mm-hmm. Corinthians three eighteen uh, says that if 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 a man wants to become wise, he needs to become mm. a fool, you know, to be wise in in God's eyes, right? Okay. Because, oh, let me see. Oh, yeah, I think I have it here. 
First uh, Corinthians three eighteen says, "Take care that no one de deceives himself. If anyone among you thinks that he is wise in this age, yeah. he must become foolish, so that yeah, he yeah. may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness in the sight of God." Mm. So, you know, again, going back to point one, you know, our devotion, our relationship, you know. The closer you get to God, you know, He starts asking you to do things that others see as crazy, right? I mean, yeah. if, if we look at, you know, if we look at an example in the Bible, you know, there was a time where tax collectors came to Jesus, right? And He didn't have the money. Mm -hmm. So, what does Jesus do? Uh, he turns to Peter and He says, Hey, Peter, you know what? Go cast a net or you know a fishing pole or something there'll be a fish that you'll pull out and it'll have the coins in the mouth in in, in its mouth it'll mm. be enough for you and i mm. but if you pay attention to this i mean he's saying that to a guy who's been fishing his whole life yeah his whole system his whole his whole you know experience is fishing right and mm. i'm pretty sure that in his whole life he hasn't seen a fish with just swimming around with just enough money to pay your taxes. Yeah. So Peter had to take a moment. I mean, he was in a moment where he had to choose. Am I going to believe all the experiences that I've had so far with fishing, yeah. even though I would call my, you know, he could call himself a, a pro in the topic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or am I going to go with what Jesus is telling me? Mm. Right. The Bible says, you know, you know, the, it's like three verses, right? He goes, fishes, and the, the coins were there. Mm -hmm. But if, you know, if we try to emphasize it, you know, if we try to role play it, you know, I'm pretty sure that he was probably freaking out when he pulled that fish out and he saw the coins in there. Yeah. Because he was going against all his experiences. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but it was, you know, bold decisions like that, you know, be, uh, be willing to to go for what seems foolish you know it's what it it's what ultimately yeah. results in miracles and and a life of uh, you know showing who he is and, and what yeah. he can do yeah. for those who believe in him mm. that's good that's good and Eric, and and obviously you talked earlier about expectations expectations are good but if expectations are put God in a box and limit what God can do. These are, these expectations are, are actually damaging, damaging your, your, your faith, you know, yeah, your growth for sure. For sure. You, you know, uh, I, I don't know how much time we have, but I'm going to try to be quick. Um, yeah, sure. You know, I, I said, you know, fast forward a year and a half of not working. Right. So we were getting close to our, our wedding. And yeah. I was 2017 and I started feeling from God, it's time to work, to go back to work. Okay. So, so I didn't want to go back to where I was, you know, even though I knew that, you know, I could easily go back mm. because, you know, all this time, you know, I, I got involved with ministry and all of this. So I didn't want to be, I, I didn't want to impact my ministry, you know, from taking my ministry time away just to go back to work. Yeah. So I created my own expectation, right? Let me look for part-time jobs, entry level, 
okay. so that I can still have flexibility. Mm. And uh, I would look for jobs, look for jobs, look for jobs. Nothing will pop out like, you know, I wouldn't feel like any of those were the one. Yeah. But again, I, I set up my expectation, right? Because I said, mm -hmm. well, if God's been providing 100%, I'm sure he can provide 50, 60%, right? Mm -hmm. uh, until God spoke to me through another person mm. and he said, you know what? You're selling yourself too short, too cheap. You're selling yourself cheap. You know, you're mm. looking for jobs. I mean, he didn't know anything that I was doing. Right. He just started describing everything that I was doing. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, and he said, you have X, Y, Z qualities. Those mm. are worth money. But the key yeah. word, what stuck with me was, Make a list of what you think you'll need. Okay. Give it to God and trust that he'll bring it to you. And that mm. phrase, he'll bring it to you, you know, got stuck to me. Yeah. So I went home and and I started thinking big, right? Well, you know what? We might start having children, so I'm going to need more than two rooms. I'm going to need probably this much to pay. I'm going to need this what, 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 what. And I started describing it. Mm. Um, I even described the salary and then I I pushed the the paper across the, the, the desk and I said well God here it is I'm not looking anymore so for about a month and a half people would ask me so you're getting married what are you going to do are you going to work and mm. I would say yeah I'm going to work I'm waiting for God to bring it to me <laughs> you know and, and, and this verse of uh, you got to become a fool you know to become wise it's, you know uh, hits me because you know even I thought I was being a fool you know mm -hmm. they would give me a look like son it doesn't work that way right if you want to yeah. work you gotta you gotta apply you gotta interview and all of this yeah yeah uh, long story short fast forward a month and a half we are in our uh, in our uh, I guess civil wedding you know yeah, the, yeah. the legal wedding yeah uh, I had 60 cents in my bank account maybe uh, mm -hmm. And there's a guy there, a friend of ours, and he tells me the same question. So what's the plan now? And I tell him the same thing. He gives me a different look. And he says, on Wednesday, can we meet? And sure. We met on Wednesday. He went and showed me around, uh, you know, where he was working. We went out to eat. And he said, I'm showing you this because, you know, I need, I need someone to be here and and this is what this is what we offer that what, mm -hmm. what they were offering was below what i had asked for mm -hmm. it was more than what i was asking for at the beginning it was less right. than what i was asking now that you know i had made this deal with mm -hmm. i didn't tell him that so i just said uh well talk to your bosses see how much they can they can pay uh you know we talk about how i didn't have the experience i didn't have the degree that they needed Mm. He didn't have anything, any of that, but he's a man of faith. So he said, you know, I, I, I really think that you need to give it a try. Mm. So the only, the only obstacle was the number, right? The salary and all of that. Yeah. I said, go back, figure it out. Let me know. A couple of days go by. He calls me back and he says, Hey, can you start next week? And I say, I, I'm sure I can't, but you know, what happened after, you know, what are the numbers? And he said, Oh yeah, yeah. I, I said, we could pay you this, but we are actually going to pay you this. 
uh, we can actually pay you this much. Mm. Oh. And he hit the number. Mm. He hit the number. My in-laws were with me that day. My mother-in-law, who throughout mm. the whole process of the wedding, he was almost pulling her hair out. You know, mm. she was shocked by how God moved. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that job's the, the one that has, you know, provided for many, many things so far, you know, not yes. just for us, yeah. but for others. Course, uh, yeah. You know, but thinking of expectations, right? You know, if I had just stuck with my expectation of, and uh, this, this little so that I can do this other thing, I wouldn't seen, you know, what I've seen so far. And I, I, yeah. I would not have seen the hand of God, the family, as I said, you know, what, what God is doing in our life, I think he's using it to, to grow faith in our families. Our families wouldn't, wouldn't, would not have experienced that and, and, you know, and, and be challenged and be inspired to start, you know, living by faith. So, mm, um, that's great. So, yeah, uh, Colossians 3.1, it's, 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 it's a big inspiration, something that I always think about. I'm making plans when I'm making decisions, you know, make sure that I focus in what mm. he says. Yeah. Rather yeah. than in the natural, yeah. right? What my bank or my job or XYZ says. Yeah, that's great. That's really good, really good. It's good to hold on to those to those promises, not not for that outcome, but to be to be in God's God's uh plan for your life, basically, and to to be to be obedient to that when you feel that that's different from your own because you've learned that over these times that God has provided for you in a way that you could you could you couldn't have imagined, which is fantastic. So we're just going to go over the four points again um, in which we we feel like and we've been able to talk about today as we come to a close. And the four points really being the goals of a Christian man. Of course, as, as mentioned earlier, I could have missed some, but I just felt today as I was writing a plan that these were four in which we could talk about. It wouldn't be too long, wouldn't get into too much, um, but we'd be able to still um, capture what, what, they, what they mean and what they, they kind of, um, yeah, what they mean for our day to day, which I think is really important. The first one, the Christian man commits to spiritual discipline, knowing what this looks like through Jesus. Second, the Christian man lives in selfless service. Uh, number three is the Christian man is a provider and a protector. And four, the Christian man changes the focus from his efforts and prioritizes off, off of what the world values and back to what God calls us to. Um, so let, yeah, let me just take this opportunity just to thank you, George, for, for joining me in talking about this, because I think it's a great one to talk about for anybody but it's much better when you've got somebody that you can bounce ideas off we've been able to hear some of your testimony in the way that that god's really blessed you where where you're at um, yourself uh, karen and hannah you've got such a beautiful family and your Thank wisdom you. has been huge for us and and the channel today and the podcast um so just thank you so much mate i just want to just want to take the time to honor and bless you brother thank you thank you thank you for having me and uh and yeah if my my closing words would just be you know just mm. emphasis on, on point one mm. i think you know that relationship uh, is what is where everything else flows from yeah you know, um, figuring out how, figuring out how to provide how to protect mm. how to how to lead how to focus 
yeah. important things. You know, everything flows from from relationships. So those are my my closing yes. words. So yeah, thank That's you for good. having me. And yeah. sorry for the couple of interruptions that we had. But, <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. No problem. No problem. It's been a, it's been a blessing. Thank you. Um, yeah, guys, if you're not, uh, if you if you've got this far, fantastic. Thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed the wisdom that that George has brought to us today. Um, if you'd like to just subscribe down below, hit the thumbs up where you're at. It helps us get this message out to people um, wherever they are. And and for me, it's just been a blessing to be able to 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 talk about this. If there's anything else you want to kind of hear about, um, please do let us know. Um, and if you're watching, this is available on all podcast platforms. And if you're listening, then the visual is, is available on YouTube. But other than that, guys, thank you so much for your time. Bless you guys. Take care. Bye-bye.